0: It's not uncommon for someone to change careers after many years in one field. But not too many physicians make the decision to change careers, particularly to become a medical TV journalist. How hard would it be for you to change careers? You are listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, Professor of Surgery and Practicing General Surgeon. And our guest today is Dr. Maria Simbra, medical reporter for KDKA-TV, the CBS network station in Pittsburgh. A member of the KDKA News Team since 2002, Dr. Simbra is also a practicing board-certified neurologist. Welcome, Dr. Simbra.
1: It's great to be here, Mark.
0: We are discussing what it's like to be a medical journalist as well as a physician. Dr. Simbra, was it difficult to make that transition to medical journalism on television live from being a practicing board-certified neurologist?
1: It was tough, Mark, and I only think I realized that in retrospect looking back at what I was like when I first started. I mean, I was very much the doctor. I had the doctor haircut. They actually uh, made (laughs) me...
0: What is the doctor haircut? um,
1: You know, very short, no fuss, no muss, sort of, you know, (laughs) hairstyle, not much style to it at all. And (laughs) uh, they they had me wear the white coat. You know, I I was still very much the doctor. And, And it took a while to get used to reading teleprompter conversationally and getting into the whole rhythm of TV.
0: Well, that brings up an interesting question that popped into my head. On television, do they want you to maintain that doctor look or do they want you to look like what you see on Grey's Anatomy and and much more glamorous?
1: I think there's a little bit of both in that, Mark, and I think it's a fine line you walk. I remember I went to the medical communications conference Maybe two or three years into my TV career. And I just wanted to get to the next level. And I had a one on one session with one of the faculty there. And I wanted her to look at my tape. I said, Here, look at my tape. Tell me what I can do better. And she just looked at me up and down. And she said, Uh uh. She just wanted me to change my look. You know, grow my hair a little bit longer, wear high heels. I'm a petite woman, so she wanted me to increase the axis between my face. So she said, You know, wear things a little bit lower cut. Not to be sexual in any way, but just for aesthetics on TV. So I thought that was all very helpful advice. And at first I thought, oh, this isn't going to work. But it really did. I came back to the newsroom. I took all of her advice to heart. And people looked at me differently, almost like with a little bit more respect, like she really belongs here.
0: Now, it's one thing to write a piece. It's another thing to be on television live and present it. Where did you get the experience and knowledge to be able to present live in front of a camera to millions of people?
1: It's sink or swim, Mark. (laughs) They just throw you out there and you either do well or you flop. I mean, you learn every time you do it, I think, but um, there's no training. They don't tell you what you need to do. (laughs) It's just something you go out and, and you do.
0: How much freedom are you given in terms of saying what you want to say?
1: Well, it depends on the topic, for instance, and hopefully I don't get in trouble for telling you this story, but I had to do a piece on recreational use of erectile dysfunction drugs amongst teenagers. And I was told that I was not allowed to say the word penis. Mm -hmm. So, okay, well, I thought, well, let's get around this a little bit. The soundbite the doctor gave me, you know, one of the cautions was that a prolonged erection could lead to permanent damage to the penis. And I felt very strongly about keeping that entire phrase to the penis in there, because I didn't want to end with permanent damage, because then the viewer's thinking, well, what kind of permanent damage? So I left that sound bite up there. I did not say the word penis myself. The doctor I interviewed said the word (laughs) penis. And no sooner than I had finished that piece, my news director was storming up to the news desk, and he said to me, Maria, we do not say that word on the air. And I was flabbergasted. I wanted to say to him at that moment, well, what word would you have rather me use?
0: (laughs) I I wonder why. Uh, Well,
1: I think it's in the era where, you know, after Janet Jackson, stations are very, very nervous about the FCC cracking down on them for anything that could even remotely be seen as indecent.
0: Even though you are a physician. Even
1: though it's a clinical context, I'm not using the word salaciously. I think it's very responsible to use words like penis, you know, but <laughs> apparently my bosses think otherwise.
0: Well, let's get into a little bit more about that. Are there a lot of politics in your job?
1: Well, I think in any job, there's going to be politics.
0: How do you compare it to medicine?
1: Well, I think you just have to sort of be respectful of the hierarchy, as you are in any organization. I mean, there's a hierarchy in medicine. There's a hierarchy in the newsroom. You have reporters and producers who do the bulk of the work. You have executive producers who are over both of those groups who help to coordinate and manage the news of the day. Above them, you have the assistant news director who kind of determines what news we're going to cover and in what order and helps out here and there amongst all the other roles. And then there's the news director who has ultimate say over everything.
0: If you have just joined us, you are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and our guest today is Dr. Maria Simbra. Medical reporter for KDKA TV, the CBS network station in Pittsburgh, and a practicing board certified neurologist. We are discussing what it's like to be a medical journalist as well as a practicing physician. Dr. Simbra, you mentioned about the hierarchy at the television station. In practice, as you know very well, the physician is the captain, the physician is the quarterback. The final say, the final say for diagnosis, the final say for therapeutics, the final say for where that patient is going to go comes usually from the physician. Certainly, this is very, very different than what you stepped into in your medical reporting career.
1: It is very different. But in a way, what I like about the television station is that I'm part of a team. It's very much a team sport. You know, what the reporter does, that is just one fingerprint on the final product that is the report at the end of the day. I mean, I am in charge of coming up with the information, writing the piece, but I also work with a photographer who has to get excellent video to go with what I write, and I have to write to the excellent video. We have editors who put the words and the pictures together. We have producers who oversee how the product comes together. You have the directors and the the people behind the scenes making the newscast go. You have a teleprompter operator. If any one of these people drop the ball, the piece doesn't work. So it's kind of neat to be in that atmosphere where all of those people come together and put together something really good.
0: Do you ever review all the medical television shows that are on?
1: Oh, there's so many.
0: But is this ever part of a review when they bring up a medical condition, let's say on the television show House or the television show Grey's Anatomy, are you ever asked or is it ever appropriate for you to discuss whether that's valid or inappropriate or just not right?
1: Yeah, you know, there does tend to be a tendency in Mark for cross-promotion within a network. So... If I'd work for NBC, an NBC station for instance, it wouldn't surprise me if I would have to cover some medical topic that was being featured on ER that night. For example, CSI is a very popular CBS show and I know that our nightside reporters, they'll go to the crime lab and do a story about something that might be featured on CSI that night.
0: As a medical television reporter, do you have one or two interviews that you're really most proud of or that you've enjoyed most?
1: Yeah, there are a couple stories that I'm proud to have been a part of that I'd followed two local women here in the Pittsburgh area. One was a nail stylist, and she donated her kidney to her customer, which I think was a very altruistic thing for her to do. So I followed her from the beginning, like before... They did the transplant, and I showed the two women together, their families, and what their families thought about this. And it turned out to be a very complicated saga. The day the transplant was supposed to occur, the recipient had a stroke, so then they had to cancel the surgery. So there were lots of ups and downs in the course. But they finally did do the transplant, and both women are doing great. It was a really wonderful, wonderful story, both medically and personally. It just had all the elements. There was another story where I followed a soldier, He was serving in Iraq. A roadside bomb literally blew off half of his head. So he went to Walter Reed Hospital and had massive reconstruction done. So I followed him through that. I actually went to Walter Reed and interviewed him there and his doctors there and then followed him at home in Pittsburgh. He's from the general Pittsburgh area and uh, showed him with his new head.
0: (laughs) If I could snap my fingers and give you one wish for anyone you would really want to interview, who would it be?
1: Oh, you know who I would really like to interview if it would be possible now is Randy McCloy. Because I followed him while he was sick and he made such a, I guess I could say it now, miraculous recovery. I mean, I I was really pessimistic at the time just considering what he'd been through, how his recovery would ultimately go. But he's done pretty well. He's had a child since the accident. It would be neat to see how he's doing now.
0: Let's say it's the end of the evening. You've had a particularly long day. You go home, grab something to eat. You're just tired as could be. Do you ever have any regrets about changing from full-time neurology practice to large part medical TV reporter?
1: No regrets at all, Mark. I love what I do now. This is truly right for my soul. I think the fact that it was such an agonizing decision to change careers, especially after investing all that time and energy into becoming a doctor. I learned a lot uh, going through medical training and being a doctor. And I wouldn't trade any of that. I mean, I think that knowledge is invaluable. But I'm passionate about what I do as a journalist.
0: And where do you see yourself 10 years from now, 15 years from now?
1: Oh, who knows, Mark? I mean, (laughs) it would be nice to work for a network someday or maybe a cable station. But you know what? This is a pretty good gig I have at KDKA. This is where it is. I'm completely okay with that.
0: So all of the physicians now listening are thinking in the back of their head of all the other interests that they have, thinking, geez, I could go into another area. Maybe I would be happier. Maybe the other area's career would be more suited to me. What advice would you tell anyone, specifically in the medical field, who thinks maybe this isn't for me and maybe there's another career out there and I'm just a little bit afraid to break out?
1: Well, I think you have to make the decision... Wisely. Look at everything in your life that has been very meaningful to you, things that have just lit your world on fire, and try to figure out what the common elements are amongst all of those things. And then try to fit that with a profession that would incorporate all of those qualities and all of those things that you truly find meaningful. And then don't him and haw about it. If you really want to change careers, go out and do something. Even if it's just joining a career-changing workshop in your area, if it's reading a book about career change, do something. But don't just sit there and whine about how miserable you are. But go out and do it.
0: Fair enough. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Maria Simbra. We've been discussing what it's like to be a medical TV reporter, as well as a practicing physician. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill. And you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to visit our website at reachmd.com, featuring on-demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please call us toll-free at 888-MD-XM157. And thank you for listening.
1: Hi, this is Dr. James Ehrlich, Chief Medical Officer of Astrotech of
0: Birmingham, Alabama. You are listening to the first national radio channel created specifically for medical professionals. Reach MD XM 157.